What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome to the Cloud and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowens and I'm joined by my colleagues Matt Kendrick and James Rushton. Just before we were starting there, for those unaware, I've got a little window at the bottom where I can see myself, James and Matt. While the intro music was playing, Matt was rocking out with an air guitar. So that's a good mood before... <laughs> I, can't see, I can't see you. Can you see me, James? No, it's because Dan, Dan's a host. You get into the technical yeah. details. Because I'm the host of the stream, I can see your little webcam window even when you're not on screen. So I can see you rocking out with the air guitar. And you've put me in a good mood already. So if you I'm want to be active with the viewers, then you might as well do it now. I might do a different instrument. I might do air, air clarinet next week, depending on the result. <laughs> okay, uh, fine. Um, we'll talk about the result then. A weird, weird game. And we'll get into the, the nuts and bolts of it as we go. Now, this probably says more about me than anything. But I came into this game thinking that, yeah, Brian play relatively decent football at times but they're still near the bottom of the table if they are on form this should be a, a not comfortable win but we should win tonight first of all Villa weren't on form and it's this weird game where I've just felt frustrated and annoyed all the way through I don't know why that is I don't know why Villa weren't able to get going I don't think it was particularly that Brighton were good enough to stop us I think they stopped Grealish quite well Emmy, Emmy Martinez has pulled off a, good, a few good saves but on the whole, Villa just weren't anywhere near it tonight and I've just felt really like, irritated and kind of bitey and itchy it all the way through. It's an odd one. I think it's to kind of try and sum it up, it's almost like a clash of just two playing styles that just don't kind of gel at all. Villa struggle against teams such as Brighton and I think it's teams that are like love holding onto the ball and really enjoy kind of the, the, the nitty-gritty work of restricting those counters or those transitions which is you know part of it was an excellent piece and I think I'll, I'll send you a link to it after Dan to link into the uh, the show notes but it just kind of predicted this this game almost it's like you know it was coming we all knew it was coming in the first three minutes Villa struggled I was hoping I'd get to half time and kick on or change things up but that's not the way of Dean Smith and Villa is it they're, they're setting their ways and those ways 90% of the time seem to work but then you get thrown up games like this so I feel like we said it so much this uh, in the last few episodes, but it's just take it on the chin and move on almost. But it almost feels like it's the time is now for a few tweaks, uh, in, especially in terms of personnel. What do you think those tweaks would be before you come in, Matt? Uh, Morgan Sanson uh, to come on for uh, maybe Ross Barkley. I think that would be a, a bold call. When he came on, Villa looked far more lively and he looked a lot more active. Don't know if that's a fitness thing, whatever. I think fitness is an easy excuse considering we've had a week off and the same kind of things got through up. Why not? Even Jacob Ramsey, there's a lot of kind of dynamism in the, these two players and they seem to approach the game in a bit of a different way. I think Ross Barkley, you're always going to get the similar kind of performances from Ross Barkley and these have come out in an Everton shirt and a Chelsea shirt and they're coming out in a Villa shirt. Mm. Nothing wrong with it, just change and freshen things up and when he's back raring to go, you know, it's just probably a bad run of form or something like that. So freshen things up and uh, a few minor tweaks and see what we can do next week. What do you think of it, Matt? Yeah, I thought the back seven did okay. Um, you know, I thought Brighton had bits and pieces, and obviously Martinez has made made several several good saves. Um, I thought I thought 
Yeah, like I said, I thought as a defensive unit they did okay, and that that's proven by the fact there's another clean sheet. None of the front four really really turned up today, and we've said it before when Grealish doesn't turn up. Uh, I think we've got to allow even the 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 Messiah that is Jack Grealish. We've got to allow him an off day every now and then. Um, when he doesn't turn up, you want Watkins, you want Barkley, you want Traore to be firing on all cylinders, um, and neither of those. Neither of those three, along with Grealish, did did much at all, did they? I actually mm-hmm. thought Villa kind of got worse as they grew into the game. At first, they, they seemed flat and, and devoid of ideas. But when it comes to the last quarter of the game, just even silly passes were just going astray. They were just, you know, just just couldn't keep the ball at all, let alone try and do anything um, adventurous with it. But, you know, it, it's another point, isn't it? It's another point, another clean sheet. You know, and, and Villa will have to. I mean, the, I think, is it Leicester? Leicester and Leeds next. Villa will have to up their levels uh, mm. if they don't want to squander squander this really, really impressive position that they've put themselves in. Talk about Ross Barkley. I've just seen a comment saying that Barkley's been poor, but Grealish was silent. You know, don't be fickle and pick yeah. on Barkley, which is fair enough. I, I don't think anyone today was good, apart from Amy Marsnes. Um, which is is odd for Villa. There's usually a couple of performances that you think, well, we're, you're going to be let down in, in certain areas. I thought we were poor all over the pitch tonight, which we just didn't get going. Every second ball, people having poor first touches, wayward passes, Douglas Wee, I think, just put one straight out into the into touch as well. It's just a very, very frustrating night. With Barkley, though, there's a period of time when we're doing these podcasts and saying, whatever Chelsea want, pay 30 million, 40 million, 50 million, whatever they want, do the deal in January, get it done. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want him now. I don't think he's he's up to. Like we said this last time about he's, you know you don't lose your talent overnight and things like that. But I just don't think I don't even think he's the right character particularly for for what we're looking for going forward. And if the quote price is thirty million plus, I don't think that's value for money. I think you find better deals elsewhere. Um, again, just jogging around. Just it, it could be a fitness thing, like you said, James. But it's been a a good few weeks now where we've been talking about Ross Barkley not being up to standard and I feel like we're carrying him a little bit now. Yeah, you, you see the liveliness when Sanson comes on. I'm still really unsure on, the, on nailing that uh, pronunciation even after the Darren Fletcher one. I feel like when it comes out of my mouth, it's not right. But yeah, like you said, 30, 40 million is a lot of money. And look, I feel like I'd rather have Ramsey, Sanson and, and, and Barkley than not that, that trio, but... There's probably value out there, but I guess that's a conversation we have in the summer. It's still still got so long of this season left to go. And look, if he picks up another purple patch, this bit that we're all talking about right now, it looks ridiculous. It will yeah. look silly in hindsight. So still a long way to go. Um, it's just how much of the play of Villa focuses on that left-hand side. And they're not a one-man team, but they are in the sense that so much of the, the tactics and the direction they go is, is freeing up space. Grealish, even Watkins drifting to the left to kind of drag people wide. So much of it does rely on Jack Grealish. And when he's having a, when he's having a game kind of steeped in frustration, I almost thought he might have got sent off in that first half as well, considering all the stuff he was putting up with and, and kicking off about. But something that needs to just be a little bit more about Villa than, than simply unlocking Grealish or allowing Grealish to dictate the play. There needs to be a little bit more from of switching things up. And I know Matt said, bring Grealish over to the right. It didn't even seem like that even solved the, solved the problem. I think when teams can frustrate Barkley, Watkins and Grealish, the three big men have, have, have kind of owned a very similar game, which is annoying. They can't break any deadlock and then you have to rely so much on luck. I guess, 
rambling here, but was it luck? It was. It seemed to be a fantastic defensive performance, apart from, aside from anything else. I don't know about you. I thought on on the subject of Barkley, it's kind of what is he bringing? You know, to me, and again, I'm probably nothing at the moment. I'm probably thinking Ross Barkley six or seven years ago, breaking through as a kid. But to me, but Ross Barkley is about kind of driving forward, kind of having having a bit of energy, kind of give and goes on the edge of the box, kind of mm. creating things, getting shots away, um, almost being a bit of a kind of. You know, he's, we've said this before, before Villa signed him, that he's kind of got the build that he could be a bit of an enforcer, but one that kind of, you know what I mean, but still marauds forward. And, you know, if, if it's if it's, if he's trying to play that game half-paced, that's, you know, that's not his game. And if he's trying, you know, and Ross Barkley slowed down, limits what, you know what I mean? Is he a cultured enough footballer to play the, play the game slower than a, than a you know, not at full pelt, but faster than he's playing it at the moment. Um, I don't know. Again, I, I don't like writing people off after after a handful of performances. Um, but equally, like you say, 30, 40 million quid, even for Aston Villa going into their third season in the Premier League, you've got to be sure. You've got to be sure that the player is a good fit. You've got to be sure the player is fit. You've got to be sure that the, the player has the right mentality and the right attitude. Um and I wouldn't write him off yet, but equally, I wouldn't say that you can tick all those boxes yet either. There's a comment here from Mark Astley, which offers a bit of perspective, which we often fall into the trap of, of losing a little bit during these podcasts that you're so encompassed in the 90 minutes that you can't see past it, which is fair, but you also have to analyse the last 90 minutes that we've just seen. Mark said, Mark said so nobody else think like me. We've had a bad game, but still not lost. It's another clean sheet, and Emmy Martinez is the best keeper in the league at the moment. I'm pretty happy as we've lost that last year. And I kind of agree with all that up until the last point, <laughs> because I don't feel like there's any purpose in comparing to last year because we're such a different beast now. Yes, last year we would have been happy because we would have lost that, but this year I feel like we're a good enough team that you go there, I'll look at it today and go, Brighton, well, we should go there and we should win, to be honest. They did us at Villa Park. Go out there, get, get revenge, so to speak and put, put put those wrongs right. And just for minute one, we, we weren't at it today, and that's, I think that's what's disappointing as much as anything. There's been a couple of performances over the last few weeks that haven't quite been up to the standard that Villa set themselves, and that's probably their downfall this season, that they've been so good at times. When they slip below that bar, they, they do look miles off it. So how, how what's happened to bring us down a peg, Jones, and how do they get back to, to what we've seen against the likes of Leicester, Liverpool, Arsenal? I just think, again, like I said at the, the top, I think it's just a clash of, of two playing styles. And, you know, will Aston Villa change their entire style just to deal with Brighton? Would, it, would any team change their entire playing style just to deal with Brighton? It seems like the way Villa are, are built, again, teams that favour favor lots of possession and favour restricting those direct transitions, it stumbles and it, it thwarts a team like Villa. So... Again, there is a like you said, there is a bit of happiness because last year we don't get that point. Last year we get hammered, and it's down to not only Emmy Martinez, who made nine saves, and, and Villa's fantastic defence, but Brighton's really poor choices when they were shooting. They were sh- directing shots directly at defenders, shooting from really awkward angles. Like they didn't, they didn't do enough with their chances. Almost so like a lot of people saying Brighton should have won that. 
what there was one two di- really really dangerous shots and some people might say yeah that's one or two many you know the only one that really panicked to me was the the head of that martinez dealt with superbly so again man of the match performance from him but what were brighton doing with their chances villa rose to the occasion but if if that was on the other side we'll be few we'd be furious with, with villa's attacking performance there yeah they made my made the chances to win did they really really deserve it no they got the point they got we both shared the result at the end of the day. So for me, again, I said it too much on this podcast, but it's just a case of uh, moving on and seeing what we can do against Leicester. Cause look, if it's, it's, if it's anything similar to that, it'd be a really, really sad day on the, the Claret Blue podcast again, talking about the same things. Mm. Yeah. Kudos to, um, kudos for Martinez for being one of four Villa players or certainly one of four Villa starters who I counted that have got naked arms. Um, <laughs> I think there was, I'm not saying I was bored during the game, um, <laughs> but there was, I think there was him, McGinn, Watkins and Mings, I think, who didn't wear skins. And it was, listen, I stood outside the chippy last night and I forgot to wear a hat on my ears. I could feel them blistering. So wow. fair play, fair play to the naked arm quartet. I just want to think, make sure I gave, gave them a shout out. Think of all the heat that you lose off your head as well. Exactly. Without a hat. Yeah. I was the only one in the queue for the chippy without a hat. And I think I was the only bald one, but I don't know because everybody else had hats. So, <laughs> good. Um, back to the football. There's a comment from. Uh, I'm trying to involve a few more comments as we go through these because yeah. I don't want it to be all about us. But I'm also just picking and choosing ones that I can work a point into. The one I'm going to disagree with. Um, I want you to see if you agree or disagree. So Alex says it's not like Brighton have been poor this season. They're riding incredibly high right now. Now I look at that and think, well, they were, before tonight they were on 25 points and in 16th place, 10 points plus behind Villa. Yeah, 10 points behind. I wouldn't call that riding high. It's not like they've overachieved. If it was maybe Southampton or West Ham you're talking about, yeah, they are riding high. Villa are riding high. Brighton play decent football, but fails to pick up points, and that's why they were 16th before today. I still think today was a missed opportunity for Villa, and that the manner of performance is what's annoying more so than anything. I think a point away at Brighton isn't the end of the world. I think if Villa is, Villa's aspirations are top six, then yeah, this probably was a game you'll look back on and think, oh, should have won there. It's not the end of the world that that we've only picked up a point tonight. It's just the manner of the performance that's concerning, I think. And whether Brighton yeah, are good at the might, moment is irrelevant. They might not be riding high in the league, but they're in, in decent form, aren't they? You know, they're beating, beating Spurs, they're beating, beating yeah. Liverpool. Um, you know, I think I'm just, I'm just looking at my notes here. Um, oh, you've done notes? Well, I'm just well, I'm, I'm playing catch up here, and I think the only game that they've lost is in the FA Cup to Leicester. You know, since since when? Since the middle of January. So you know, they're, they're in decent form, and I think I tweeted earlier in the game that it's it's tribute to, to Birmingham as a place that they've got two very bright Premier League coaches um, mm-hmm. from Burn. Well, I say from Birmingham. There was it was Pennant's Corner to be honest because. People were saying, "Well, great bar, strictly Samwell ish." And <laughs> Solihull is it Solihull? Is it Birmingham? So somebody picked me up on that, and I think I, I got back to him by saying, "Are you the bloke who draws the lines on VAR on, on the outside?" <laughs> You're really splitting hairs here. Um, but yeah, Bright, Brighton, Brighton are a good team. I think um, we all were a bit surprised when when Chris Hewton got the boot a couple of years ago, thinking, "Well, he's kept Brighton up; they've consolidated." But I do think they have they have kicked on again. Under underground Potter, um, like I said, it's it's a Villa haven't played very well tonight. It's probably down there or up there here in their worst three or four 
performances of the season. Yet we've left with a point. We've left with a clean sheet. My biggest concern of the night is probably how how serious the injury is to Matty Cash because yeah. I think you know as a um, celebrity Forest fan Darren Fletcher told us on on the podcast on uh, earlier in the week, Matty Cash has been been brilliant. Um, so I just don't think that Al Mohammed is going to bring the same kind of energy whether that's going forward or, or defending. I know Al Mohammed has never really let us down um, before, but. It's it certainly weakens your starting eleven if Matty Cash isn't available for for that next game next weekend. One hundred percent, and it looked like he was hobbling off, holding the back of his hamstring, wasn't he? So you would assume if that is is a hamstring injury, it's going to be a few weeks more so than he'll be back next week. But we'll wait and see what happens. Yeah, we can't hear Matt Samuel. You look trim, all the way. Which, look trim. Yeah, look now. You should. You should I've, just had, I've just had. Um, at half time, I did myself three pieces of cheese on toast with this really kind of spicy Mexican <laughs> cheese, and it was dribbling down my chin. Uh, so if you'd nice. if you'd have seen me then, you'd have probably thought that I'm actually that I'm the slob that I actually am, rather than the yeah. uh, the camera taking off two stone or whatever, two pounds. I also have my my ears lowered, which I think that makes my face look a bit like flatter. Yeah, Dan, are you one of these kind of um, these these um, lockdown busting kind of um, yeah. people who has their entourage with them? You know, your, bub- <laughs> your bubbles, your stylist. Well, I'm just looking at your hair now. It's not your stylist. Your bubbles, um, your hairdresser and that. Do you want to explain? Uh, not really. The missus did it with my beard trimmer. She's fair. She's done a decent job. I think you'll, I think we can all agree. <laughs> That's right. Not bad, is it? It'll be a trimmer. Well. Um, yeah, I don't know. We've gone down a road, yeah. There's a couple of football points. We all get yeah. back on football that I want to talk about. Now, Grealish and Smith. We'll tackle Grealish first because there's two here. I'm going to put these both to you. Unpopular opinion, but I think Jack's not been at the races since West Brom. Maybe being too harsh on him, but he's not reaching the levels from the start of the season. And a later comment says, I say rest Jack for one game. Why not? And my instant reaction to that is because he's our best player and we've got even less chance of winning games without him. It's as simple as that for me. Yeah, I've got a. I can't, I can't have that. He, he ripped Burnley apart on his own. Shame we didn't get a result there. But look, he had a personal highlight reel against Burnley. Cross pitch runs against Southampton. The West Brom game was before the, the Crystal Palace one, which is arguably his best performance of the entire season. So, can't be having that. And you want. Villa aren't a club rich in depth. You want Ollie Watkins to be playing every game. You want Jack Grealish to be playing every game. You want your best players to be playing every game. But there's a lot being made about fitness. We said that against West Ham. Then Villa came out at the races against Arsenal a few days later. They had a week off against Brighton. The fitness concerns come out again. For me, it's it's just an excuse, to be honest. Yes, there is, fitness is a thing in football, like Dean Smith says. What player is begging to be not not play a game because they're 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 out of practice. Sometimes you're just not at the races, and that could be a, a mental thing as much as it's a physical thing. And I don't think fitness is an excuse right now, um, especially with how we performed against Arsenal, looking against yeah. West Ham the week off, which everyone made a big deal of, and it's a similar flat performance. Not for me, sorry. What are we looking at if Grealish gets left out? We're looking at Trezeguet or Algarve coming in on left wing. Is that is that what we're saying? Because for yeah. me, for me, and everybody knows I'm a bit of a Jack Grealish fanboy. But for me, Jack Grealish with a five five out of ten performance is still probably <laughs> one of the best players in Villa's team um, yeah. tonight. Regrettably, everybody had five out of ten performances, so you know it wasn't particularly great. But I think that's harsh to say he's not turned up since West Brom. 
to be fair, what we're talking, 10 games since then? Um, all right, yeah. I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion. That is the point of something like this. I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, well, if you think Jack should be rested, you're an idiot. I mean, I wouldn't rest him. I if think. I said that, you'd, 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 you'd call me an idiot, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's different because we're friends. <laughs> but you, call me an idiot. you can't you can't rest someone like Jack Grealish, who's one of the best players. Villa's best player is one of the best players in the Premier League. You don't rest him for no reason. If he gets a or something, you, that's when he gets his rest, not for saying, oh yeah, just sit out, Jack. I'm sure he'd take that lovely one. Oh, I, I agree with the, the general sentiment of the question. Yeah, he's not been as good as he has been. Yeah. I, I also agree with that, but the, the way to fix that is more dropping him. It's just yeah, it's to almost... play himself back into form. It's like an so, AMB test. It's like they, you see it and you think, oh, he's not been at the races. Rest him out. That that should work. But Greek, um, Villa, the, the, the way they play is directed through a certain player. And it's not, again, it's not to say they're a one-man team, but a lot of the focus is opening up space for that one player to change the game. I don't want to see what Villa come up with without Jack Greaves because he would want to play every single minute of every single game. They focus on playing for him. I don't think it would be the solution to uh, to take the captain of the, the club away from playing uh, the next game which is against Leicester a game which arguably Jack really should be unlocking for us second point I wanted to talk about was was Dean Smith there's one here that's come in talk about him being tactical um, not not being tactical enough it doesn't change anything tactically during a game and it's blatantly not going to plan there's been several comments further back up in the stream about him not being tactically astute Substitutes always being the same, either coming too uh, too late or or the wrong the wrong substitute, not having a plan B. We've talked about things like this for the last year of the podcast, pretty much, particularly last year when Villa weren't doing very well. Saying, well, "What's the plan B? What can Smith change?" Do you feel like he has more options to change it now? Should Barkley still be given a chance? It's arguable that Nakamba should maybe have kept his place today as well. Um, what, what do we think? I, I feel like Marvellous Nakamba's been a bit hard done by almost. He, he's had some fantastic games this season. He's almost been a almost underrated player of the season. Uh, he's been featuring in bit, you know, drips and drabs. And I guess that is where that kind of tactical news comes in because you do see these changes. Douglas Louise getting dropped. Marvellous Nakamba being inserted in, in certain games. So there is some kind of tactical thinking going on there. And you know, hang on, we've got Craig Shakespeare backing it up who many pointed out as being a big catalyst in Leicester's charge to the title and their, their modern success. So, you know, I don't, again, it's, I don't want to say I completely disagree with, with, with our loyal commentators, but, you know, I, I, there's two, it's, it's like, again, like the A and B test, if Villa don't perform, people go, Dean Smith ain't done a good job tactically. Look at the transformation of this club. We have to hold that up and I'm, you don't want to hang, constantly hang your hat up on that after every, every poor result, poor performance. But a big part of these tactical changes saved Aston Villa, Villa's Premier League position, and have kicked them on. It's small changes. Look, if we can, we can figure this stuff out next season. I know we 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 almost hung our hat on on getting into Europe this season, but we've come so far, and there's so Villa's journey ain't over. No, no chance is it over. It's, you know, you see where you finish this season, build next season. I don't, hopefully, no one's going anywhere. I think everyone's bought into this project as fans. We're bought into this project, surely. So, got to keep kicking on. Yeah, you've read a point about Europe there, which I'll come back to. First of all, Matt, your thoughts on, on Smith tactically? We all know he's a nice bloke and blah, 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 but tactically. Yeah, listen, Villa have now won as many games in the Premier League this season as they haven't won. I think, I think they've won 11. They've, they've, Lost eight, I think, and drawn drawn three. And 
the eleven that they won, I don't remember discussing whether it was tactically astute um, or not. I think that Is sometimes. That well, yeah. Well, look, of course it's obvious. But what I'm saying is, what is he tactically astute half the time? And then he forgets to be the next week. You know what I mean? I think I think sometimes you've got to give credit to the opposition teams as well. I mean, yeah. As a fan, as a kind of man in the pub kind of mentality, which I bring to this no more, <laughs> no less than, than, than any of that. Yeah, I do think sometimes it's a bit samey. I do think that if Jack Grealish has been doubled up on down the left side of the pitch, why not try and move him around and pull people? You know, let's see if the, the left back and the left winger are as, are as disciplined as the, the right back and the right winger. Let's see if the defensive midfielder can stick to Jack like glue if you know, if he if he moves into the number ten position, you know. But again, Smith. There's a reason why Smith has, has stayed loyal to a core of thirteen or fourteen players this season because he trusts them. He trusts that you know nine times out of ten they'll carry out his in, carry out his instructions and his game plan, and that'll be enough to to win the game or to avoid defeat. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because if the way he set Villa up tonight. If we'd have had seven or eight or nine out of ten performances from Jack Grealish, Ollie Watkins, Ross Barkley and Traore, Villa would have created chances and, and chances are they might have actually scored a goal. I mean, there can't be too many occasions where Villa have failed to score this season, can there? Yeah. I mean, yeah, what, what are they? Yeah, I don't know what the stat is, but it, uh, we went through, didn't we, in the, the wins about, with the clean sheets. And I think we talked about defeats. There was maybe one game we didn't score in. And a draw. I can't remember the specifics, but we've definitely spoken about this before. You can probably have a quick Google while you're, while you're talking. So come on here for James from Salvador Blue who says, you cannot rely on one player for everything and we're being found out when Grealish doesn't perform. Uh, we get found out because we don't perform when Grealish is quiet, sorry. Um, to get his comment across properly for audio listeners later down the line. What's the solution to that? Because if teams are going to look at that now and go, West Ham doubled up on him, Brighton doubled up on him, and we effectively stopped him and stopped Villa. First of all, how does Smith address that? Is it as simple as just going, oh, we'll play out on the right wing for 15 minutes and see if that's any better? Or is it the responsibility of the likes of Traoré, Ryan McGee and Barclay to do more to make up for that? Because for a start, if they're doubling up on Jack, there should be more space for these players and they don't seem to be taking advantage of that. That's the problem. Yeah, I think one of the, the key themes in a Villa performance has been that kind of left-sided success that opens up that right-sided sucker punch almost from across. And you, there's always a, a winger coming in, whether it's Al Ghazi, Trey or Ray Trezeguet, to kind of finish from the opposite flank of, uh, of Grealish. But look, as you say, I think the player himself has said, if I'm doubled up on that's a good thing because it means someone is open. And probably not enough is being done by the other players who should be, be then moving on, I guess. The, the way Villa work up that left-hand side with Ollie Watkins moving up, dragging players away from Grealish should open up a channel in the middle for Ross Barkley to run in. And that's how you see that kind of Southampton goal when he comes charging in to be the hero. But it's not always going to work, is it? And, and like Matt said, you do have to give the other team credit. Aston Villa aren't the only team that are playing in the Premier League. And Brighton, very good team. Um, there's a Among people who kind of analyse football, there's a saying that the league table does a lie. You can make a lot of luck. You can get lucky and win a lot of games. I have just pure luck alone sometimes. Brighton have been very unlucky. They have been performing mostly very well this season and they have had luck go against them quite a lot. So you have to give them a lot of credit. They've turned up in a lot of games. They've beat Liverpool, beat Tottenham. 
people will say, looking at just the, the, the stats of that without looking at the game, that they should have beat us, but they didn't. So there has to be some positives from that. And again, the whole Grealish thing, we're not like an elite team, are we? We, we can't spend 50 million on Cancelo and, and then have 30 million for John Stones just to have the, these massive, massive pieces on the bench to rotate. We get in there. We bought Morgan Sanson. We, you know, we'll have to see what we do in the summer, but you have to wait for those steps to happen. We have to have another transfer window to unlock that, that capital for us to buy players and, and get these options. What do you um? What do you think? And again, this is this is me being tactically wanting. Um, what do you think about perhaps unleashing McGinn to go and do his do his stuff a bit further forward? You know, I don't think we blessed. Well, I suppose we blessed with number tens in the sense that Ross Barkley and Jack Grealish can 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 both play there. But what do you think about tucking somebody in, like Douglas Louise and and Samson? Or Nakamba and Louise, and let let him let him begin free a little bit more to patrol further forward. Could that work, or just because he's probably going to bring more energy to that role than than Ross Barkley's currently doing? Yeah, what's interesting is like at some points during last season in our championship season. McGinn was essentially almost like a striker. He almost single-handedly touched the ball at, at the highest part of the pitch. And that seems to be where Ross Barkley plays. When you see Watkins kind of pressing up, Ross Barkley's almost off his shoulder sometimes. So for me, it would be almost like a straight switch, as you said, Matt. McGinn higher up, where he's succeeded a lot for us. And Sanson filling in where, where McGinn was. And I, I feel like that could be a really positive change if you, if you wanted that energy, for sure, for me. Yeah, Um you mentioned Europe earlier, James. I want to kind of wrap up a little bit. Yeah. Is this the time now that we stop talking about Villa making it into Europe? Do you think if we have a quick flash up of the league table, Villa still in eighth place, 36 points, only three points behind Chelsea, still with a game in hand. Is it too easy to have a couple of bad, bad, in quote mark performances and think, oh, that's it, that's Villa ruined, they've got no chance? Or do you still look at that and think, you know what, Villa's still having a good season, another couple of wins, and we're all talking about. European tour again. Like, it's pointless stopping dreaming and enjoy. I think people, it's like last season, it's almost exactly like the conversation about relegation. People are almost desperate to say, that's it, Villa are done, so they can kind of cut off that tie then and not worry or not be as emotionally, you know, when your heart's going, when when it's Villa holding on to that 1-0 lead in the dying embers of a game, you want to kind of cut all that attachment off in, so, in some way. So I remember last season, he was saying, right, when are we going to say that they're done? And that they weren't done. They weren't done into the, the final whistle of the final game. Look, for me, it's, it's got to still be on the cards. Villa in the top 10, they didn't lose to Brighton. They drew against Brighton. People are going to get frustrated saying, I want to stop talking about you. I've stopped talking. The players won't be. The players will be very much focused on finishing as high as possible. Where Villa are at the moment, with still probably a game in hand or whatever, they've got to be thinking about that. You've got to be thinking about getting to the final day of the season with something to play for. And that's very mm-hmm. much on the cards, for me at least anyway. I may be overly optimistic, but... Again, looking after that that result, why not? What Villa have been a massive surprise package this season. They still are. Thoughts, Matthew? I've 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 just been sorry. I've, I should have been paying attention, but I've just been thinking about <laughs> we're pl- we're playing a game. We're trying to put together a condiments eleven. Um, oh my god! <laughs> on Twitter, because when the commentator called him Sarson again uh, or Sasson, I was thinking vinegar, and we just started. <laughs> I mean, some of the guys on Twitter just started knocking about. And we, my favourite was Tabasco Balaban, um, <laughs> which, 
which someone came up with. And what, what else did we have? We, have a, we had Andy Gravy. Um, good. Uh, mustard for Hadji. Uh, what yeah, else was good. There's some oh, pepper Reiner in goal. Um, Not really a condiment, but okay. Well, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Stick, it stick it on your table. It's exactly a con- condiment, isn't it? Yeah. Salsa oh, really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's not bad. Remember when we did the dog puns about a year ago, sat in the office, and people thought we were mental? Douglas yeah. Louise is the one. Still going. Douglas Louise, yeah, Douglas Louise, classic. Douglas Louise. Absolutely. Um, what were you asking me about Europe? Yeah, oh, we've won a game, you know, we'll probably win the next one. And yeah. lose the one after that. Yeah. And win the next one, lose the one after that, and then draw one in another three months. What's it's still on. We've got four points. I know Liverpool are crap, so it's not a great barometer, but I think we're four points behind Liverpool, are we now? Who are in fourth? Uh, yeah. Two games in hand. Yeah. Right? There's a good comment there, Dan, that you've got a pop uh, from Anna Power, who said, I said it last week and I'll say it again. It's great to be worried about not making Europe. That is the one. Yeah. Nice problems to have. Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, there was a comment earlier that I was just going to mention. Somebody asked, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it, they were talking about um, how many points do you think is realistic for the right remainder of the season? I'm not going to go into predicting games specifically. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. I think that's maybe 20 points. Like, would, is 20 points between now and the end of the season not realistic or not? So Villa have got, what, oh, 16, games? 16, games left. <laughs> 16 games left to play. 20 points from 16 games, take, taking us to a total of 56. Is that realistic? Do we think? Yeah. It seems think so. pretty doable, doesn't it? You, when you said that so. Matt just about if you win a game or lose a game, which seems to be Villa's thing at the moment, what would that get us points-wise if you win eight and lost eight? What's eight wins? 24. 24 points, isn't it? 24. That gets you 60. Yeah, so if we win one and lose one every every week, like we seem to keep doing that, I guess the 60 points and probably sneak us into Europe. So maybe Villa just have to keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, it, it's like we're we're not on the lead side, are we? I feel like you know you're you're Aston Villa. You're coming off that that last season where you were seconds, a different few games or a different few results away from going down. Parry on as much as you like. The, the progress has been brilliant. Mm. The progress has been fantastic, and you know you you can't if you're your Man City. I would have would have said Liverpool, but they're in a bad bad run of form. But if you're like Man City, you can go every game. Go, we winning this, we winning this, we winning this. And if we draw or lose, it is an appetite. It's a blow up. You know we shouldn't have done that. But no, where Villa are, every single game is almost like a free hit at this point. If you lose, whatever, move on, win the next one. If you draw, whatever, move on, win the next one. If you win, oh well, well we'll have to win the next one. You're like in the bonus round of the season right now. Like Villa have got so much free space now to kind of do whatever they want and not yeah. blow up and panic about anything. It's refreshing. Yeah, after yeah. all we've been for the last few seasons, God, we have to win every game just to make the playoffs. God, we have to win every game just to stay up. It's really refreshing to be an Aston Villa fan right now, despite the last match we just watched. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good way of looking at it. To be honest, I've not really thought of it like that before. Thanks, anyway, James. I make a few, just one good point every four podcasts I think anything to add Matt before we wrap up with some nonsense I was just looking at the, the table from, from last year and if Villa did get <laughs> God look at me if Villa did win win half of the next the remaining games and finish on 60 points that would have put them in sixth place last season just edging out Tottenham um, so yeah it's it's possible isn't it because 
Yeah, God, you might as well just rewind and clip the, the last podcast or the one before last when we didn't win a game. Villa bounced back. Villa aren't flat two weeks in a row. Villa aren't flat two games in a row. Uh, mm-hmm. Not saying they're necessarily going to go and dismantle Leicester um, next weekend, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility of beating Leicester once this season. Um, so, yeah, we'll just take it. We'll, we'll, we'll stick the point in our bag and we'll make the long trek up back up back home from Brighton. Well, we won't. I'm sitting in my, my son's bedroom. Uh, but we'll make the long trek back and just look forward to next week. You know, yeah. it's 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 still even a boring nil nil of a night. It's still a, a it's still a, a, an adventure of a season. Um, mm. So keep the faith. You know what I'm looking forward to. The next what? time we do one of these podcasts, and Matt, you stop messing with a pen or whatever. It is you <laughs> can you hear it? Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, it's very annoying. You've got to get your podcast, Brian. Surely you can hear it. I can't hear anything, Mark. Just hear this pen. Oh. Is Dan not Matt? Ridiculous. Um, someone also asked how long I, I can't find out. Someone asked how long I spend on my eyebrows. I don't know why this is running <laughs> theme. My facial grooming and stuff. No time at all. I pluck the middle every so often, but the rest of it's just oh, natural, mate. Deal with it. Um, yeah, well, Danny, are you trying to become some kind of YouTube influencer? Are you trying to get get well, some like kind of yeah, some cosmetics deal with Revlon or something? Is this what? Is this all just an elaborate route? Are we just here just to uh, make you look that's, pretty? That's the whole point of the podcast. The last episode, people talking about me dyeing my hair. It's the same as it always has been. You checking yourself out in your camera? Yeah, yeah because then like, oh, he's got black hair. It's the same as it always was. Brown. Don't understand. I'm just getting the, the lighting right in this room. That's why. I've done it wrong. Are those um, little car kits in the back behind you? You know, the ones that you hang in your windows in your car? They look really dinky. No, again, just perspective. Should I go and stand next to them? Oh, I'm not going to go. No, they're normal size. They're, they're both medium. Uh, looks good, doesn't it? I've made a little bit of effort. Now I've got a, a new space. It does uh, look good. You know that A in Kazoo? Is that a car? It is, yeah. Have you never noticed? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it must be uh, told to wrap up soon, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. I can already see the, the actually the views are going up, so maybe we should keep going. But, uh, <laughs> that's how I can see the, the viewers leaving, but they're not. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll end there. Who is it next week? Did you say it was Leicester? Yeah, yeah. Sunday. Uh, we'll be then. No worries. We'll be back. Yeah, we, when we when we when we smack them about, make them look silly. Be brilliant down the podcast. <laughs> get that on Twitter next week. Yeah, um, yeah we'll get out of here. We've enjoyed it. Um, nice little ramble at the end as always um, thank you very much Matt and James for joining me thanks to all the commenters for, for watching along live on Facebook or YouTube um, thanks for giving us a little bit of uh, direction for, for the talking points for those of you who are watching this not on Saturday night or maybe listening on podcast platforms uh, get involved and leave iTunes reviews Spotify all that kind of usual stuff subscribe to us on YouTube follow us on Twitter at Claret Blue Pod we're now verified on Twitter so you'll find us very very easily with a blue tick uh, we've got like 300 followers off the back of being verified I don't know how that happens fair of a support and it David O'Leary was right some fickle fickle support here and there yeah, we don't really want to lose those 300 games. We've just gone. <laughs> we're we're from the start, we, we appreciate though. your support, even if you are blue tick groupies. <laughs> Started from a podcast with a terrible name and nobody backed us there. And then we get a blue tick. It's all like, ooh. Check it. Why do we change the night to Potty Wall Heath? Yeah, well, we'll get <laughs> on that. They're going to come in the droves. Um, yeah, we'll get out of here. Thank you very much all for joining us. And uh, Thank you. See you again in, in a. Is it is it next weekend or is it in the week? Next Sunday. 
next Sunday. We'll be back in just over a week. Thank you very much and up the villa. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.